welcome to Movie Flex Double Features, the only podcast hosted by your favorite boys. That would be, of course, me, S. Debs, joined, as always, every week by my better half, my lovely compatriot, Matt, a.k.a. Posting Pro. Matt, how's it going? It's going good. Um, just got out of Goodfellas. And, uh, nice. Yeah, and then before Goodfellas, I got a little pump in, so, you know. Oh, cool! Yeah, perfect movie flex day. Get a pump in. See see the Goodfellas at the at, in the theater. How was it on a thirty five millimeter? It was not on thirty five millimeter, but it was the four K restoration of Goodfellas. Okay. So, yeah, it looked very it looked very beautiful. So, Karen. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I've seen. You know. Yeah, I mean, I love that movie. Obviously, rest in peace, Ray Liotta. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's great. That's like a really because yeah, I saw that movie like I saw that movie as a very young child, but like again, it came out when I was like two, so I didn't see it in theaters. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. that would be a really cool experience because that's a movie like it's pretty long, but it feels like I always like I feel like like it just goes by so quickly. Like that and Casino both, they have this like similar rhythm where it's just like cool scene badass song cool scene badass song and you just get so wrapped up in it and like you don't really notice the time yeah i think like um i had heard a lot of people talk about like the irishman is like one of scorsese's best right Mm -hmm. and i think like the irishman really is like a kind of a 2019 goodfellas really like oh yeah yeah those two are like very intricately like linked i think i still think goodfellas is probably his best but yeah, I can mm. see the argument to be made for the Irishman because, like I said, it's very like the Irishman is basically like a spiritual successor to you know yeah. Goodfellas. So oh yeah, hundred yeah. percent. It's in that it's in that same like world. It's in that same timeline, basically. Like uh, yeah, you know. Um, I, I of course like I, yeah, I obviously love Goodfellas. I like Casino though because to me, Casino is like dirty Goodfellas. It's like. What if mm-hmm. we made what, what if we made Goodfellas, but everything was like really ugly and we turned people off? And um, yeah. I love it. I think it's amazing. Uh, <laughs> I really like. I have a theory that like people don't like that movie because um, Joe Pesci gets a blowjob from Sharon Stone, and I don't think people like. I think people are just like <clears throat> really repelled at the idea of of that happening, and I, I I genuinely think that's a big reason why a lot of people don't like it uh my it's it's also a very it's a very graphic ugly scene as well we should say that i i just i'm not a huge casino fan because like i like most plebeians think it's too long it feels i don't know the pacing like in goodfellas is pretty great Mm because it's like a long movie but it's not it doesn't feel too long very fast paced yeah but like casino feels pretty long like while while i'm watching it i'm like kind of checking my watch and going okay like yeah. how long do we have left? You know, I didn't do that with Goodfellas. So. No, I could see that, but you know, you know, with time, you know, you, tell me in seven years, you know, we'll revisit this conversation, and then you'll you'll tell most me. most people. It's so funny because like there's a lot of people that really do think like like casinos like a, a almost like a um like a niche choice, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like you know, there's like people that legitimately like will go to like absolute bat for that movie, and I think that's pretty cool. You know, that, that Scorsese has so many, like, bangers that, like, you know, mm-hmm. unless you say, like, Kundun, or I, mean, I haven't seen Kundun, but it, unless you say, like, uh, that, you know, it's pretty, pretty, you know, pretty open to, to whatever, you know. So, oh, yeah, for sure. 
with um, that, um, yeah, let's talk about, you know, we're here this week to talk about Sofia Coppola. These are my picks. Um, we're going to get into that. We're going to get into the double feature. But yeah, let's talk about your week in film or TV or that indescribable in between, whatever. Like, uh, I know you picked up some, I picked up some DV, some Blu-rays and DVDs. Actually, I, I technically picked up a 4K UHD Blu-ray and a pack of DVDs. But I know you picked up some stuff, some Criterion oh. stuff. I know you, you've watched a lot of stuff. I watched some stuff. Um, I was very busy at work. Uh, kind of a crazy week. But I still got to watch some really important stuff that I'm really happy to talk about. But what about you, Matt? What did you watch? Um, yeah, so I'll just run through really quick. I've been... Um... You know, I'm completely super late on this train, right? 2022. But I've been watching Seinfeld. I'm almost done with Seinfeld. Um, so obviously I'm going to be looking for a show to kind of like take over from Seinfeld, which is a, a, a monumental task because like it yeah. is literally one of the greatest shows ever made. Um, uh, so I've been watching that. Uh, other than that, I, I we have we have an episode coming out, so I'm not going to talk about too much of it. But I, I watched mm. Nope, and then I also rewatched um, Get Out and Us, and I'm not going to talk about any of those okay. now because we got an episode on uh, Nope coming out soon. A little bonus for you guys. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to try to make my way to the theater at some point. Yeah, it just it's, it's just you know I, schedules I, I, and everything. I've heard some things that like make me want to see it more, mm. you know, like, yeah. Uh, look, I'm, I'm the kind of, pre- I will like, I will seek spoilers and stuff because like, you know, I, it doesn't ruin the movie for me. Like I want to know, you know, like it, it doesn't like, Oh, if it like, if I, if I, if it's good, you know, like it, like, you know, I mean, it ultimately has to be executed well, but like, um, you know, I don't know. I don't really, I don't really care. Like, I like to kind of know what I'm getting into. You know, like, I just hate going to the theater. You know, I hate w- leaving the house these days. Yeah, that's understandable. Um, but other than that, like, I, I just, I'll, I'll run through really quick. I, I rewatched Inglorious Bastards. Okay. Um. Yeah, it was incredible. Yeah, and that's I, like I always tell people like, you maybe before that you could say certain things about Tarantino, but. Like that, like that movie, yeah. He like it elevated to in my eyes, especially like elevated his status as a filmmaker. Like it proved that he was like he's a legitimately great filmmaker. Like he's he can write. Like he's he's great, you know. Because because it did it. It was a great film, and it didn't like rely on the Tarantinoisms. You know, it wasn't like ultra hip. It was just like just a good movie. Yeah, it's my favorite Tarantino film. Um, yeah, yeah, it's definitely great. But uh, so that that and then um. The only the, so the the two that I want to mention like so I'll I'll mention very briefly. Um, so I watched Twin Peaks Fire Walk with me in theaters. Right, it's my favorite Lynch. Um, it prompted me to like you said I had been buying like some Blu-rays. It prompted yeah. me to pick up some of the Lynch Criterion's because I do have Fire Walk mm-hmm. with me on Criterion, which is a beautiful it's a beautiful yeah, disc, beautiful yeah. package. Um, you know, I have the entire Twin Peaks series on Blu-ray. Um, but I picked up uh, Elephant Man and, and Blue Velvet. I haven't watched any of those, but picked them up. And then just to end it, like, of what I've been watching, I've watched more than that, but I'll just, like, keep it very brief. Go ahead. I don't really care. I mean, you know, there's no one else here. It's just me and you, man. So. Yeah. So, um, 
I did do a funny double feature that like I'm just not going to mention, but uh, it was just a French Twilight star double feature, French director Twilight star double feature. But uh, the other thing that I did do a well, double well, feature wait, on. You, uh, you, you have to tell us what it is now. You can't mention it. And not... Okay. I did High Noon okay. right, with Robert Pattons and Claire Denis. And then I did, uh, I watched after that same working day. I did the cloud clouds of Sils Marie. Yeah. Right, I wanted you to mention that because I love that movie that, yeah. um, cause she's done, Kristen Stewart has done, she did that. And she also did, um, um, uh, go, uh, the, she did another movie with Olivia size ghost shopper or something. I, mm-hmm. I can't, whatever. But um, yeah, like, and then um, the new Irma Vet movie, uh, mini series or series that he's making. Um, it was originally supposed to star Kristen Stewart. Yeah, she's she's great, and um, you know, like, and of course Juliette Binoche. It's so funny. Like, there's oh, so yeah. many like overlapping things about that double feature, right? Where it's like former Twilight stars are like ostensibly like some leads, right? And then it's mm-hmm. two French directors, right? And yeah. uh. Then also Juliette Binoche is, is in both of them. <laughs> so, yeah. Right, it's, well, it's, yeah. It's, um, Personal Shopper is the other Olivier Sais movie with Kristen Stewart that I was thinking of, and it is a it's a ghost story. Um, people should definitely watch that movie. It's great. Like, yeah, they've that's what like convinced me that she was an amazing actress was just like watching those movies he did with her. Yeah, she's she's in, she's incredible. Um, and Robert Pattinson too. They're, they're both like. Yeah, broken out of the you know the franchises to become incredible actors and you know of their own right. And uh, the other one that I did was a, a a very near and dear childhood favorite of mine. And I think like you also watched them, so you know it was mm-hmm. a Scary Movie one and two. Yeah, uh, I hadn't seen Scary Movie in in years. Like you know, mm-hmm. it's been probably ten plus years since I've seen Scary Movie, and I used to like. I love those movies as a kid. And I was telling you, like, I watched those, you know, before I had mm-hmm. seen any of the, I didn't know any of the references. They were just funny movies. Yeah. You know, yeah, they're yeah. very funny. And, 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 you know, like, I do think, like, the, you know, when in, in terms of, like, scenes that are, like, burned into my brain forever, I'm just constantly, like, you know, yo, Doogie, pick up the phone. What's that? You know? Like, yeah, no, the was up thing, like, where he, like, um, yeah, we're, like, when the scream, when uh, the scream guy, like, smokes weed and then, like, his mask changes. <laughs> like, yeah. that's the funniest shit in the world to me. Yeah, I watched... I watched Scary What uh, Scary Movie One recently, and I was like, because I saw the first two in theaters, and like, so I wa- rewatched the first one, and I was like, man, this is like fucking amazing. Like, and then like I was yeah, I watched the second one this week, and I was like, you know, instantly like I said, the fact that it was like shot on film, I was like, oh man, this like this just feels like a movie, you know? And uh, yeah, it was great. Yeah, it's very like. Uh, there's certain props in the movie that I'm like, wow, they actually built that prop for this movie. Like, feels like a real movie. Yeah. Yeah. Just like a bunch of background gags that, like, you know, they had to construct, like, the Thomas Jefferson statue. Yeah, but exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Too. Like, yeah, you know. Like, they actually <laughs> built that. Like, that's, that's, that's a movie, dude. Like, that's then, incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, for a throwaway gag like for five seconds they do this thing like in the first one where she goes to like one of the characters goes through a, to a movie theater and you think like the screen guy is gonna murder her 
uh, mm. Ghostface, but like he doesn't murder her. Like all the people like in the audience murder her because she's being like disruptive during this movie. She's watching yeah, Shakespeare yeah. in Love, and like they all murder her because she's talking through the movie. And like there's just a bunch of different characters. Like in the, there's like a Buddhist like monk guy and there's like a like a hasidic jew guy and there's like a uh like a jewish priest guy and there's like a um like a catholic priest and like a nun yeah, and they're yeah. all like stabbing her and it's a it's like a five second joke but you know they had to yeah, like yeah. get these guys in costumes you know? it's like the joke in airplane where like everyone's like lining up to slap that woman like yeah it's, <laughs> you know it's like a great bit um yeah i love those movies yeah uh, they're incredible yeah this week um I bought, like I said, I bought um, Giant, the James Dean movie on 4K Ultra HD. I'm a huge James Dean fan. Uh, I also bought the Eclipse, the Criterion. It's like the Eclipse series. It's uh, the When Horror Came to Shochinku uh, set. It's like a uh, like Japanese horror from like the 50s and 60s and 70s. Oh, yeah. The X from Outer Space. It's Goki, Body Snatcher from Hell, The Living Skeleton, and Genocide. Um you know, I love my like obscure sixties, seventies Japanese movies. That's that's like my favorite shit. Uh, so I'm looking forward to jumping into those. Uh the thing the big thing that I watched this week was um I don't even know how to talk about this. Like I watched Nathan Fielder's new show, The Rehearsal. Um I was a huge fan of his show on Comedy Central. Like, I never say this about people, but I genuinely think he's a genius. Like, the shows that he creates are art. Like, so hard to talk about. What Did you did you actually watch any of the episodes or? No, I've seen, okay. I've seen, um, because my buddy was a big Nathan for You fan. Yeah. So he had shown me a couple of, uh, a couple of his favorite episodes. And I don't really remember, like, the, the setup to him but yeah they were yeah they were yeah. I, I really i really thought he was funny like that yeah I'm that one like, clip that was kind of percolating around that was like him hiring someone and and saying like oh like they don't want you to like you know like, like they kind of want you to put on like an asian accent or whatever you know and he oh, shows yeah yeah, yeah. It shows like the the asian american woman how yeah. to do an asian accent. <laughs> So yeah, so I remember that episode. Essentially, cause so essentially, like the setup for his his like Comedy Central show is that like he like would go to businesses. He does this like you know old like early Sasha Baron Cohen like Ali G style thing where like he has a bit in a thing, but like the people around him aren't in on it. So it's like he captures these really like authentic moments of humanity. It's 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 kind of incredible. It's like equal parts deep and like very sad and full of pathos, but like equally parts just funny. Like I think the episode you're referring to, like it was a, like a it was like an Asian nail shop and he wanted to like something about like proving the like like they hired for the valets, they hired like a an Asian woman who was like a stunt driver to like I don't know to like prove it whatever like like I I I haven't watched that one recently, but like the ones I did watch like he has this one called like Andy versus Uber, and it's about this like guy who like in an earlier episode he convinced him to do this thing where like uh they try to like have a promotion to like try to convince women to give birth in his cabs. And then, like, a year later or whatever, like, Uber starts this, like, um, 
like promotion where like they they give babies onesies if you give birth in an Uber uh car and like so like he shows th- this this guy he's like his old Middle Eastern like cab driver and like so like he shows him this and he's like man they stole our idea and like they're both really mad so the whole episode is about them trying to build a sleeper cell of like cab drivers who like sign up as Uber drivers and then like then they give bad service and like it's but like the places that, like it's so hard to talk about if you haven't actually seen it because like the places that this shows goes are so incredible and unexpected and like it, it's definitely worth watching 100 percent because like it, it culminates in like this two-part finale it's like basically a movie where it's like there's this guy who played this like bill gates impersonator and like him and nathan became friends and then like he keeps telling nathan about his old lost love so ostensibly the it's about like nathan helping this guy find his like old lost love from like 50 years ago Mm -hmm. um but it leads to like i won't give away the twist but it's fucking incredible and so with his new show the new show is called the rehearsal it like Basically, like, he gives people a chance to, like, rehearse big moments in their lives. And, um, again, it just leads to some incredible... Like, I'm constantly pausing this show either to, like, laugh or, like, just because I'm cringing really hard. Like, it's very hard to watch at times. But it's yeah. also, like, it's 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 the hardest show to watch, but it's also the funniest show that I... That's, it's the funniest show that I've seen in, like, whatever, 10 years. Like, it's... The funniest thing on TV. It's also the hardest thing to watch on TV, but it's it's genuinely art. Like, like I can't explain it. Like, you just have to see it. It's he's incredible. Everyone should watch Nathan Fielder. Um, yeah, he he's a. Uh, I was intrigued. I just you know haven't. I'm still watching. You know, I'm still watching Seinfeld and all my movies. No, of course, yeah, I, I I if I like I, I don't. I'm not like a big pusher guy. Like I you know I don't like push things too hard because I when you do that people don't like generally like just ignoring you but like so but like if i just highly recommend it like because i've been watching it recently a lot like his old episodes like i've seen them all like a bunch of times but like it's man he's so fucking funny like he has this one episode where like he has a guy who makes chili who wants to sell inside the stadium but they won't let him because he's not like an approved vendor so like Nathan builds this like suit like that can hold the chili that he can like disperse, <laughs> but like it's so it's so fucking elaborate and like um like again like the little things it leads to and then like of course the guy's just really pissed off like it you know the the, the people aren't really in on it that's what that's what makes it great though is just seeing like people go along with it and yeah I I remember that one where he's talking about like what was it like drinking pee I I I've actually seen that episode. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. The shop owner's talking about drinking his grandson's pee or something. Oh yeah, he's like, oh, drink. Yeah, yeah. He's like, it, yeah, it cures diseases or whatever. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 a great show. Everyone should watch it. It's the best movie on TV. Um, it's the best movie, even though it's a TV show. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> that said, let's get into our double feature for the week. Um, we're doing Sofia Coppola. Straight up, basically, like, you know, my first pick, we did an Elaine main movie, and I thought, okay, like, well, you know, I don't want to be, like, a podcast of two guys who don't do uh, movies by female directors, and, of course, um, we haven't done one since, <laughs> and so I wanted to correct that, 
not only by doing like just any female director, but specifically one of my favorites. I tell you this all the time in like in private, like as far as influences go, she's like top four for me. She's like, I love her work. I just, I think the, I think so highly of her, um, love her stuff. Uh, have to say personal connection to our first movie. Um, I, when I was an actor, I did one commercial and, uh, the director was Roman Coppola, who is the second unit director on, um, the Virgin Suicides. I think he does something on Marie Antoinette as well. Obviously Sophia's brother. So, uh, I'm basically a Coppola, you know, uh, <laughs> I look, I could like, if I snuck into that, if snuck into like the Coppola family party, like I could pass, you know, like pretty, I think, but whatever. Um, yeah, no. So, uh, yeah, I just, I love her work. I think she's amazing. Like she should be like heralded. She's like, let her make any movie she wants. You know, I'm glad like, She's she's a she's an OG. She hasn't like sold out, done a Marvel movie. Like you know, she's goaded. She's she, Sofia Coppola. She's she's you know she's the female Paul Thomas Anderson. You know, to me, like she's. I just love her. I love her work. I love everything she does. Like I want to live in these like worlds that she creates. Um, whatever you can say that whatever that makes me like not uh, very masculine. I I don't care, man. I don't give a fuck. Like I just I love. She just, like, you know, we'll talk about it with Virgin Suicides, but even that, like, people see it as, like, oh, it's, like, a movie about, like, teenage girls, but it's seen through the eyes of, like, the boys who, like, were obsessed with them. And so I think it has, you know, I think her work has just as much to say. I think it has everything to say of, to, like, both genders, you know, whatever, of any race. Like, you know, you could say that, like, oh, maybe she comes from, like, the upper crust or, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't buy any of that shit, any of that nepotism shit. I think, like, She's totally like relatable and a total artist. Um, but yeah, what do you think? What do you what, what do you, what's your history with Sofia Coppola? Um, so I've only seen one movie by her ever before this double feature, and it was The Virgin Suicides. Yeah. Um, because it was uh it was on the Criterion Channel, and I'd heard so many good things about it that like I decided to check mm-hmm. it out. So like that's my very brief history with Sofia Coppola. Yeah, I um, I just realized this today. I was like, oh, the obvious one would have been, um, Virgin Suicides and Lost in Translation. But for whatever reason, like, whenever I was talking to you about the picks, just I just didn't think of Lost in Translation. You should definitely watch it. I think like it's a brilliant movie. It definitely has its like problems, but like, I'm I'm proud of my picks. I think these are better picks. Like, um. Yeah, let's just get into it. Uh, our first film, Virgin Suicides, 1999. Uh, this is her. She did like a short before this, but this is her first like major, you know, first feature or whatever. Um, like, I love this movie because this is a movie that, you know, like I discovered it in that like very important time that I talk about all the time on the podcast, like middle school, high school, when I was like going to Best Buy at least once a week, just buying a DVD like sight unseen you know just like oh i heard this movie was good and i'd buy it and i'd love it i'd always like i always always whatever i picked i always ended up liking it anyway so you know like this was the time when like i said similar with boogie nights where like i remember it when it was a big deal i remember hearing about it like i didn't grow up in a very cool part of town i did have a lot of cool people around me 
like i had to be the cool older brother and like try as best as i can so like this was just one of those things that like it was in the air like i can't remember exactly where i originally heard about it but it was just it was something in the air some it was just part of this unnameable thing this like feeling or vibe you know like this thing in the late 90s like you can like be like oh like you can name people who are a part of it you can be like oh it's like her and like spike jones and like um pta and like you know there was just this like kind of scene or whatever um and for how would however reason you know i heard about it and um so again, like much like Boogie Nights, I didn't see it in theaters, but rented it like a couple years later when I was like middle school, high school, and I, I love the fact that I saw that movie when I this movie originally when I was like thirteen because like I've watched it you know m- multiple times over the years, and it's a movie that like I can look back and like I can remember how I felt about it at different points in my life. Like I remember being thirteen and being like, Man, I can't wait till I'm sixteen and like I meet a girl like Kirsten Dunst, you know, like and now I watch it as like a thirty four year old and I'm like, Man, you know, these are kids, like you know, it's like there's like I don't know, this th- this time especially, like I should just say five stars, like <clears throat> recent like I watched this movie not too long ago and I heard a lot of people criticizing it. But watching it this time, I don't know. There's all these like little moments like they're not very important plot wise, but that I just sort of picked up on that like they just make the film really beautiful to me. And I think it's a movie that like I don't know, it could be a very guy thing to be like to make a movie like justify its existence, you know, and like mm-hmm. justify why it exists or whatever. But like I feel like this is the perfect antithesis to that. This is just like like no, this is a movie. Like it, it can just exist. Like it's beautiful. Like it, it doesn't have to like justify itself. You know what I mean? Um, and of course, like I should say, this movie, Boogie Nights, Days Confused, like movie set in the seventies with badass soundtracks. Like I clearly have a type of movie that I love. Um, so yeah, this is just like yeah, I love this movie. What about you? Um, yeah, I, I think like. Uh one of if you to 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 talk about your point about like movies justifying themselves existing i think like one of the main things like movie fans constantly talk about like especially once you elevate it to like art is like do movies like change you in a way you know yeah. is it like personal right and i think like virgin suicides is like very much like a like a change you movie you know like you watch mm-hmm. the movie and you're left like you leave like changed ultimately right mm-hmm. um yeah, I'll just get out my my star rating right away. It's five stars for me. It's a per- I think this is a perfect movie. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I thought this when I first saw it, and I thought it again when I saw it. This movie perfectly like the way that I describe it is like if if um if there's certain movies that like can capture um you know like the the male existence right like if you oh, like yeah, again yeah. like it's, it's very gendered you know but like. Yeah, but like if we're if we're doing like a that that dichotomy of like be like growing up, you know, as a male, like experiencing certain things, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, like there are movies that kind of capture that, and there's like a lot, and like it's like a lot of film bro movies that kind of have this like you know thought of like okay, well, like I feel you know this certain way about this movie just because of like my personal experiences, right? And I think yeah, like. Yeah. I think Sofia Coppola specifically 
um as like an like you know we'll, we'll call her like an auteur because she truly is like an auteur and especially oh, yeah, with, the yeah. virgin, with the virgin suicides she's an auteur of the female experience and like um i think like she's very much like can capture she captures female ennui um mm. you know like we, you and i have talked about like antonioni before right yeah yeah and, like, yeah i said antonioni's like that's a great that's a great comparison actually He's perfect at capturing this like upper like you know or yeah. upper upper middle class like bourgeois ennui in like post war Italy, right? Mm-hmm. And like I think Sofia Coppola captures female on even like the second film, which we'll get into. Like yeah. it's still like a, a certain form of like American female ennui, right? I, I think like. Yeah. One of the thing, most beautiful parts about this movie, right? You know, full spoilers. Go see this movie if you haven't seen it. Uh, it's yeah, available. Every, everyone should watch it. And, and like, I, I just want to say, like, like I said, this is like, yeah, this, she does an amazing job at capturing that like female, like feeling that you're talking about. But all, we should say, like, this is, you know, this is. I would say almost equally is about the group of guys that were obsessed with oh, them. Yeah, I, and like, cause it's told like we, they yeah. don't specify who, but there's like this group of boys and like who they kind of led into their world and who kind of like become obsessed with them and like kind of communicate with them. And one of them, like the narrator of the movie is actually one of him, uh, one of them growing up. And like, we don't know which one doesn't really matter, but like, like so much of it is about this like male fascination with like, you know, when you're that age, when you like, don't, you've never really known a woman, you know, like mm-hmm. truly. Right. And so like, you're just so totally like fascinated. Well, like, yeah, I, I, that's what I was going to say. It was like, I think, I think, um, Sophia definitely captures, like, like I said, the female on we, but like part of the female experience, right. is like, like, and the boys kind of say it mm-hmm. is like, they ultimately like, they know literally like, the the males are our characters just to be like noise to the sisters right yeah and yeah. like but they're like the sisters are these like ultimately like unknowable objects right like yeah, they don't we, we, we have to view it from their point of view because they're literally couldn't like you couldn't make the movie from the girl's point of view right because they're they like because they they have to be an enigmatic right Right, and I think, like, that's more telling, like, of Coppola and, like, the way that, like, the female existence is because, like, ultimately, like, do the girls even know, yeah. right? Like, I think, and that's something that, like, you know, it's kind of like a, like a, almost like a joke when, like, you know, like, as a guy, you, like, talk to a girl and you're like, hey, like, like, what do girls want, like, in terms of, like, boyfriends or in terms of, like, you know, like out of life or whatever. And they, they, a lot of times, like the, the, obviously I'm painting with a, a wide brush, but like around that age, especially, yeah, right. I'm you sure. say like, what do, what do girls want? They're like, we don't, I don't know. Like, I don't even know what I want, you know? Like most yeah. people don't know what they want, but like, yeah, that's a very female like experience. Right. And I think having it from the boys point of view of like them being this enigma is, is a great way to convey that that's a female experience too. Because ultimately, like, the girls do feel like objects, right? You know, yeah. throughout, like, the entire movie. And, and they feel powerless. And, like, one of my favorite lines in the movie, it's a beautiful movie too. It's, like, beautifully shot and, and yeah. everything. 
beautifully acted and, and one of the things about the movie that really is like blows me away is like the line um where he's like the the narrator right like again we don't know who it is but he says essentially like oh like those aren't you know you can they, you talk about all the time like oh yeah they're, they're just teenagers like you know whatever but like they weren't teenagers they were like women you know like there were women in girls bodies well, like, yeah like, like they like somehow knew some secret that like no one else is clued in on you know like yeah yeah like they definitely seemed like yeah just like total enigmas you know and, uh, and I, I relate to that like the the you know like like i said i you know even when i was younger i always you know, I was always told, like, uh, you know, you're an old soul or whatever. And I, mm. I still feel old. Like, I feel way older than I actually am. And, like, I yeah. think that I think that kind of, like, ties into the, like I said, the kind of female ennui of, like, they're, they are, like, very spiritually and emotionally, like, old, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, because, like, yeah, it's very infantilizing, right? <clears throat> to be like, oh, these are just women. Like, they're just, you know, like... They don't know, like, you know, maybe they are clued in on something, like, maybe, like, it, that definitely is, like, a feeling you get, like, a subtext of, like, they understand something that the rest of us don't, you know, or that the rest of the, the other people around them didn't. Um, and we should also say, like, the, a huge part of it is that they live in this, like, really oppressive home. Um, yeah, very religious. It, yeah, very, like, very religious, very oppressive, and, like, it's funny because, like I said, like, you know, I, I remember as, like, a kid, like, being, like, I fucking hate these parents. Like, they're pieces of shit. And now, like, you know, still thinking that they're wrong, but, like, being, like, you know, at the same time, I recognize this, like, desperate attempt for them to, like, hold on to their family. It's, like, it's it's ultimately, like, extremely misguided, but, like. Yeah. You know what well, I mean? Like, also, it, it's still, it's, like it's... you still, like, sympathize because, like, they're scared. I mean, that that to me is, like, I mean, that to me is, like, ultimately what tells you the message of the movie, right? It's, like, that women, like, are oppressed in this way that, like, you know, whereas, like, the male characters were, like, free to be curious and contact them and, like, go about their time. Like, they're, it's, it's like, the most extreme example of, like, how we treat women in society, in society right? But like, what's, what's fascinating is it's not one-sided either. Sophia Coppola yeah, is, yeah, yeah. like... That is a it's a matriarchal household. The dad doesn't oh, yeah, have yeah. really any say in the in what happens. You know, he kind of like is like, oh, yeah, I'll yeah, talk yeah. to my wife, but ultimately he, he's realize, the dad in fucking boogie nights. Yeah, you ultimately you realize that like James Woods as a dad doesn't really have any like power or say so. No, you know? like it's like he copes he copes uh with being the only man around by like emasculating himself almost. Yeah, and like his his wife is definitely like the you know the the arbiter, the final judge of the household, and like I think also like one of the most powerful lines starts. So like the the very beginning of the movie, it starts with everyone kind of speculating about this suicide attempt of the youngest daughter, right, Cecilia. She's thirteen years old, and like so she tries to kill herself. She tries to slash her wrists, and you know she gets in the bath. It's kind of like the you know the suicide of like the standard suicide attempt and so she goes like they, they take her to the hospital and they're all like all the women are kind of speculating about like what happened why did she do it and and all the guys are speculating yeah. like all the all of her like student like uh you know male compatriots and in school are speculating why she does it 
And she goes to the doctor, and uh, I, there's this great line where the doctor says, like, why, why, why did you try and kill yourself? Like, you don't even know how bad life is yet. And she goes, yeah, well, yeah. obviously, doctor, you've never been a 13-year-old girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's this thing of, like, like there's a funny, there's, like, a meme of, like, a... Oh, fuck, I might have saved it, but it's like it's like Taylor Swift, and the text is like, men spend their whole lives trying to express what a teenage girl, you know, already knows, right? Like, yeah. there is this thing of like, yeah, like a teenage girl is like clued into some secret that, you know, everyone else doesn't understand. Like, either we've forgotten it, or we've just never been teenage girls. And like, yeah, it's like the secret almost had to die with them, you know? Like, they were, it, it was like too much... Because we should say this is based on our novel as well. Um, yeah, but it's like, it was, like, I don't know. I feel like they, like, it's not just that they lived in an oppressive house, but it's that they were also, like, you, as you say, like, very wise, right? So they yeah, just had like, this, like, also... recognition and this, like, ennui of just, like, that was very, con- like, I mean, you could say it's very me- metaphorical for just, like, the way people felt in the 90s, right? Of just, like, this boredom yeah. and, like, for sure. listlessness, whatever. Yeah, for sure. I mean, also, like, like I said, it's very, um, it's very, uh, geographical, I think, too, right? Because yeah. it gets very, it is a very American, like, ennui, I feel like, you know, like, just kind of yeah. this worthlessness, like, upper middle class, like, household, like, you know, they don't really have yeah, any. Yeah, they're, 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 these people are pretty well off, we see later on. Yeah, they're, they're well off, like, they don't really, you know, they kind of grow up in this, like, very religious, like, and, and that's very American, too, very religious, like, yeah. household, you know, and, and um, I think, like, also something that you said earlier that kind of resonated with me is that, like, you said, like, when you were younger, you were, like, fuck the parents, right, and now that you're older, you're kind of, like, a little more mature, you're, like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're still messed up, but, like, also, I have to say, like, one thing that, like, Sofia Coppola does in this movie is that you, the 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 suicides um themselves kind of come out of nowhere yeah. and i get the feeling like while i was watching it for the second time i got the feeling that like would if they grew up in a different environment would they be the same right like oh, yeah no you yeah. kind of go like okay well like even when cecilia commits suicide and then she kind of like you know, locks all the girls down um, later on in the movie, kind of, like, shelters them more, I'm like, would, if she didn't do that, we don't know, like, if, if it, I feel like it could go either way, like, if she did that, or if she didn't do that, they still would have committed suicide, you know? Well, yeah, because what happens is, like, Trip Fontaine, she played by Jess Hartnett, is the hottest, uh, high schooler to ever exist right like he's just a pussy <laughs> magnet um yeah. literally the epitome of, pus- of a pussy magnet smoking weed all the time this, this is like the guy i've been trying to be my whole life basically <laughs> um, it's so funny too because like he he does like you know because it, it goes to him as the narrator for a minute well yeah yeah, about- yeah yeah he's they there's like a f- it's kind of weird because like yeah there's like there's like Giron or Abisi is the narrator, like, but we never see him. But then, like, yeah, for a, a period, it like suddenly cuts to an interview of like adult um, Trip Fontaine, um, mm-hmm. and it's like I don't know, it's kind of weird because it's like, oh yeah, so here he is, and he's like kind of a dick about what he did, but like, oh, but he's in rehab. It's like, 
Okay. Yeah, he's like either he's either in rehab or he's like in a mental place or something. Like I didn't oh, really, yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't really know where he was. I thought it maybe he's like, in a just because she was like, "Oh, it's time for your like, yeah, your group the, meeting." Yeah, so yeah. You, it doesn't really, you know, obviously it doesn't overexplain, but like, you know, there's like this. Uh, it's so like I said, there's like a he's chasing that high of like meeting Lux, right? Kirsten yeah, Dunst's right. character. And like being like you know intimately like in love with her and because like because ba- basically like he begs her father to like let him take her out and the agreement that they make is that if it's a group of the boys who take all the sisters out they can do it and they do it and it's like this like night where they go out and they actually are just like teenage girls for a friend. like okay i want to say there's two moments i wanted to point out specifically like there's this great scene in the beginning where it's like the first boy like they say he like helped their dad with some projects so like he invited him he invited him home for dinner and like um there's that great scene where he's like he goes to the bathroom and he's just like looking through their stuff and he's just like oh really curious and trying to like discover like who these girls are and i don't know i thought that was really like an amazing like touching very like real scene and then so like later on he, uh their dad agrees to let them go to homecoming and so they all go out but uh lux kristen dunce and um trip josh hartnett they like day out on they have sex and like go on a football field and like spend the night and like so she never comes home and also when she wakes up he's gone he leaves her that's what that really bothered me too is like because they show him like and not saying like not bothered me as in like i was mad at the movie just like like because he she wakes up he's gone and he says like yeah i left and i left her there alone i didn't really care how she felt but then he's like, you know, but hey, you know, you get to feel that love once. I'm like, I'm a lucky guy. And I'm just so mad at him when he says that. I'm just yeah. like, he's such a piece of shit. And then like suddenly and they're like, oh, it's time for your group meeting. And I'm like, wait, so now I'm supposed to feel bad because this guy's in fucking rehab? Like, yeah. I don't know. Or I, 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 I really, I like, maybe that was her trying to say that like guys are pieces of shit, but I totally fucking well, agree if that's what you say. Cause like, yeah, I, I, fucking I think it. like, I think one of the things that the movie does though, like, so I guess we had different reads on that. Right. Cause I thought he was in a mental hospital. He could be, I don't know. Maybe he could yeah. be, but like, it doesn't really matter. It just I just assumed rehab. Cause that just seems like where that guy would end up, you know? So, like, he kind of talks about, like, and, and this is the thing, is, like, the, the movie presents these girls, right, in both, like, yeah. as characters in and of themselves, and also, like, for the boys and for the narrators, as these, like, objects of, like, right, like, they're basically, like, they are, they're, like, objects, right? Because they, they, they have Yeah, personal. they're objects of, like, desire, curiosity, they're just, so, they're, these, they're these, like, unknowable things. So... This, you know, this guy, um, right, Josh Hartnett, he's very much, like, he, Lux doesn't, she's kind of closed off, like, right? So, like, he just Well, it's weird, because he, because his thing is that he's the hottest guy who's ever lived, and he can fuck any girl and her mother, and they all want to fuck him, but everyone wants to fuck him except for Lux. Yeah. But Lux, at the same time, is, like, sleeping with all these guys. (laughs) Yeah, so, like... There's that thing where, like, he's very much like, okay, she's like this 
like object of desire that's like unreachable unattainable right and then like he goes and like he's a teenager and like he like obtains her right essentially like he has sex with her and then he's like it's so weird because like all throughout like i mean knowing her and even afterwards i felt this like burning passion for her right and like he's like i'd never experienced love like that again but like when after we had sex he felt he felt like a different sort of kind of like like ennui towards her where like yeah he shared just leaves she wasn't like he says like he says i don't care how she got home yeah she's like she wasn't unobtainable at that point you know and he was just like i didn't like in that moment when i left i didn't care how like i didn't give a fuck how she got home you know yeah like you said and so like yes he is a piece of shit like i'm not disputing that but like it's not like i don't think sofia coppola is like trying to say that that guy's like a piece of shit i think like what she's trying to say is that like this girl wasn't treated as like a which obviously would make him a piece of shit right but like this girl like as the object as this like filmic object right was like viewed by this guy as like this unattainable object and when he obtained her he just didn't care about her anymore right and just like left you know yeah and that kind of like breaks her too like uh, like i think throughout the film it's like well the girls are literally by by every character in the film like not like including but not limited to like the narrator the community the mother the father they're treated like objects by like yeah 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 and well yeah no it's not only that like um yeah like you said like they're, they're, they're 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 not only treated like objects but like i don't know they're like like they're overly you know like their their parents are definitely overly oppressive right yes yeah and like i said i don't know yeah like you know well, the mother, yeah, the mother I, and the, the father treat them as objects of innocence right yeah exactly like, yeah 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 because like they can't they're, they're, they're constantly know. being objectified and like the thing is like when she sleeps like that's that is a low point that's like the low point of act two you know like that is like like in the film at least it is mm-hmm. very much like the because like as soon as that happens the next sequence is them killing themselves right or like, it's, or it's them well, getting to know the other the guys from the beginning of the movie and like communicating. It's them with literally. Them. It's them literally sending out a cry for help, and yeah, then yeah. These, these young these young guys, like the only people in the community who seem to like go okay, like they're fascinated they, by. They, them, yeah, like, yeah, they they doctors. recognize how special these girls are. But like, they're the only people who actually try and help, and I think yeah. like at the end kind of it's it's a little it's too little like it's not their fault because they're kids right but it's too little too late because like i mean for god i mean for god's sake they literally it's like they're actually like sending letters and like they are oh yeah it is very like they i don't think they like did it to like fuck with those guys i just think like not at all they were yeah i know that was just the that was just the position they were put in their death right is only retroactively made important by the parents, whereas like in the moment of death, um, and their suicide, those guys are like, and this sounds like very macabre, but it, it's like not those those young boys are the only ones who would like appreciate their suicide for a significant act, right? Yeah. Which is like, and they even yeah. say like the community forgot about 
them. Like they didn't care anymore after a couple of months. But like these guys cared about them for like until the current, you know, day, like of the, like of when the narrator's talking, They, they like, they said, Oh, well, like, when we get together, like for barbecues or for whatever, yeah, they were, they, they were a lifelong so, fascination for these guys. Yeah, and so like their suicides are made a significant act in the moment by the boys, but like you don't ever. And again, Sofia Coppola is a, like an absolute genius for this part. Like you don't ever get to see the parents' initial reaction to the suicide. Mm-hmm. You only see the aftermath, which is that they absolutely give up and they sell all like their house yeah, and everything. Yeah. And again, like it's just like an object of like you know, like the the girls were ultimately this object of innocence. And they they like essentially lose the innocence. And like sure they might love the girls, but like it's a very it's a very misguided kind of fucked up love. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like they're so desperate. Like you you like you kinda have to like I don't know, like like again, like they're they also suck. Like it's like you feel bad for them, but it's like you can see like I don't know, like, they don't really explain why the parents are that way. I mean, they shouldn't, whatever, it's fine. But, like, you know, like, I'm sure there's some, you know, because it's based on a book or whatever. Like, I'm sure there's some backstory to why the parents are the way they are, you know? I mean, this is also, like, again, a very different time. Like, we have to, like, you know, the people who were the parents in the 70s were the people who, like, you know, grew up in the 40s and the 50s, you know? Like, they're they're, they're like, context for, like, light like it's so hard like I, I yeah i think about I, I think about that a lot with the next movie too it's like i feel like people just automatically like it's so it's almost impossible not to do this like to judge people based on like current values even though they lived like hundreds of years ago you know yeah or like, like yeah. you know in, in in virgin suicides you know they didn't live hundreds of years ago but yeah i i understand what you're saying but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, you're like you're like judging them very harshly because like the movie is came out in like the '90s, you know. Well, yeah, people don't because I think if people watch this movie today, they would be like, you know, they might think of it in 2022 terms. And these like it's such a different like I said, yeah, it's just the '70s, whatever. It's 50 years ago. It's not like ancient, but like it is a completely different context, a historical context, and just societal like. Attitude is completely different. Like people, it's like when people are like, "Oh, I wouldn't have been a Nazi when, you know, like, oh, when they integrated schools, I wouldn't have been one of those racist people." It's like, yeah, I mean, but your grandma was, so you know, who, you know, you're you're not better than her. I mean, you know, it's like it's we don't know, we we can't say, you know, I can't say who I would have been, you know, if I grew up in a different historical context, you know. No, and you're you're absolutely like insane if you think like you could say, you know. For like, it's just yeah. like it's an insane thing to do. But like, I, I have to say too, like, this movie is pretty. Like, I think it's pretty timeless in its own way, right? Oh, because yeah. like, it's very much like it's set in the mid seventies. But like, in the like in the movie, you could go, oh, this is like set in the nineties, right? Like, it feels yeah. like it could be set in the nineties. Like, there's only like a very mm. sign. There's not very significant like differences, but like. Those very nineties, yeah. And, and again, I was gonna say, like, um, like you know, you kind of, you kind of are, are mad at the parents, you know. But like, ultimately, I think like that that feeling that the girls had 
it, it is yes it's a product of their environment but like can we really say that like them growing up in a strict catholic household is like like it's not so cut and dry like like uh in in the palmas carry right like it's very much like the mother being religious is causing this like you know like oppression yeah 100 yeah, percent. yeah no i think yeah i think i think that like it's it's about snuffing out like it's like it's like oh imagine if there were these girls who had this like deep understanding of the world and like what it's like what would be the worst possible place for them to grow up in it's like oh like a religious household like so it's like it's it like again it's it's two things it's like them having this like kind of secret understanding of things or at least that's what we think right like it it could also be that well, could, it could also be, just be romanticizing uh, us romanticizing them right oh well for sure i think like that's what i'm saying is like part of the like like i said that she ca- captures that female femaleness so much in the movie because like um we don't know if she they have this like deeper understanding of anything and i don't think they do either right because yeah. like they're they are like I mean, ultimately, the girl that commits suicide first is 13. So, like, the doctor's right in one aspect, but she's right in another. Like, the doctor doesn't know what it's like to be a 13-year-old girl, but also, like, she hasn't really experienced life, you know? But, like, could she know something deeper? She could, but also, like, is it just her as, like, a 13-year-old girl who thinks she knows something deeper? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It could definitely be that. Or, like, you know, like I said, it could be, like, well... And because, like, all the girls, like think that way right because they're all sisters like you know they all kind of think this way differently about things too but like Mm -hmm. because they think they know uh, you know this deeper knowledge this deeper thing like the guys think they do too you know because like they 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 show you know like we were talking about how like earlier like off pod how like you know you can like confidence is a thing that kind of like can project itself and how people can pick up on, on confidence. Right. And I think too, like knowledge, like deeper knowledge of things can kind of be picked up on as well. If like, if you truly believe it, you know, like if you're, if you're confident, if you're not actually confident, but you project confidence, then like people can pick up on it, you know? And I think the same thing is said with like, like deeper knowing, you know, cause like ultimately like we don't like, cause and it's genius to, again, it's very genius at like, as a female director writer to not put the, to not put the female characters as like the, like the, the voice, you know, of like the movie. I think that's genius. I think like that's truly an inspired genius choice uh, on her part because like ultimately that's saying something too. Right. Because like, Mm -hmm. even though she's a female writer director, right. And she's the ultimate, like, you know, kind of like auteur of the story. Um, the girls themselves aren't the narrators of their own story, and she's she's very. That's a very targeted decision. No, I yeah, feel. that's a very conscious decision. Yeah, to like, yeah, not make the girls the narrative. Uh, to not make the girls a narrator of their own story. Yeah, I definitely think. Yeah, that was very. Yeah, very conscious. Like, like you said, like yeah, she does so many things. Yeah, that's what I'm. Yeah, that's what I'm. Yeah, trying to get at. Yeah, it's like she does like all of these like really. She makes all these really smart decisions or whatever. And it's like, you know, she doesn't like she herself. I, I mean, like she gives the impression that these girls were objectified, but like she herself like does her best to kind of dig deeper, but like without kind of breaking that mysterious like 
We never get like a conversation of just the girls by themselves, you know. Nope, not at all. We never, we never see the girls by themselves. They're always with their parents. They're with. Well, we, we see them. There's this. There's when they're in the bathroom together. Like there's a scene when they're like in high school. They're like they all gather in the bathroom together. But there's no dialogue. They're all yeah. Like Kirsten Dunn's is smoking, and they're just kind of like chilling in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah which is also like a, you know, like I said, it, it captures a very very female experience and a very female ennui and i think that's like again i think that's absolutely like brilliant of sophia and and i think she's like i mean you know my god like the shots in this film are insane you know like i mean they show like when they show looks which is like she's ostensibly like one of the main sisters right yeah when they show looks it's like very very much like she's you know like i said a filmic object like there's when she's like talking or something, there's like yeah. close-ups of her like mouth and stuff, and it's like, oh, like you can like Sophia Coppola is like showing where like the the focus is of like this yeah. is like she's a character, she's a girl, she's like a person with like you know wants and needs and interests and hobbies and everything else, but like we don't get to see that, you know. The film, yeah, the film is very hyper focused on like the girl, like I said, the girls as objects, so. Oh yeah, for sure, definitely. Yeah. And um Yeah, like I said, when I, I remember when I was thirteen, just being like, God, like like I would literally like, you know, I would commit multiple <laughs> felonies to like be with a girl like Kristen Stewart, you know? Uh Kristen Stewart, <laughs> sorry. Um But yeah, no, it's just like God, like, you know, it, it like it like yeah. But uh, yeah, it's kinda like again, it's like a prism. Cause now I watch it as a Growing up, I'm like, man, they treated her so poorly. You know, they just what's what's hilarious too. What's hilarious too is like, like in the movie, it's not like obviously talking about like it's 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 a it's a very terrible thing that happens in the movie, right? But like, what's so funny that she does too is she shows like a cluelessness of males so well too. Like she's very understanding of like what it's like to kind of grow up as a as a female, you know, and and it's like. When she shows like the <laughs> the 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 guys like they're always trying like the the guys who like date the sisters or whatever they're always trying to get like scoops out of them and they're like well the the girls pick the dumbest guys right yeah yeah and it's like you know it's like partially like you know it may be an inspired choice on the girls' part but also it could just be like they're just picking these guys but like guys are stupid so they can't really articulate yeah, yeah. Like, you know they're like they're, we talked for hours but we didn't do much talking if you know what i mean you know like yeah, guys yeah, just yeah. like kind of yeah they're all bullshitters they're all just making shit up yeah and um and it's incredible too because like the main set of guys like when they get um cecilia's diary right the first yeah sister to commit suicide he's like ah classic paranoid delusion like the the eye look at how the eyes are like the dots are in different yeah, yeah, places yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible you know because like those guys are like oh all the guys are idiots that they date but then like those guys are idiots too <laughs> yeah 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 it's a great movie it's incredible yeah, no. it's, per- it's literally a perfect movie at all no it is yeah and i would show it to like any person of any age like if you're a young guy young girl like i would totally show this to my child when they were like a kid because it is very much like you know like oh I can know. i i do have to yeah. say like so, you know, famous director Sofia Coppola, her father's dabbled in a couple of films as well, you know? Like, I, I, you know, it's very, um, he's a very, like I said, nep- um, her. He's a nepotism dad, you know? Well, I, 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 I've explained this before, but like, 
I, you know, I was her brother cast her brother Roman cast me for commercial. I have worked with the family before. Um so I personally can't, you know, I don't, you know, I can't They're great people, you know. I love them. Yeah, um Yeah, they've so been good, they've been good to me, baby. Like, you know what I mean? Like I love the Coppolas. They're you know, yeah, I, so we we her... we had I, I okay when we had lunch that day, I sat next to Roman and he was cool, and I didn't I honestly didn't know who he was at the time because I was like, oh, this is the I knew he was the director, but it wasn't until I got home that I read the actual call sheet and I was like, oh fuck, that was Roman Coppola, that's crazy. But no, yeah. he's a cool guy. Like I love the uh, you know, um, big ups to her family. You know, I've also yeah. met Spike Jones too. Uh, he he was nice, but um, but yeah, oh. no, I love I love this. You know, I you know. Um, I don't know. Maybe her dad's done some movies, but you don't like them, so <laughs> who cares? No, but what I was gonna say was like that's fine. I do like her dad in the movies. That's you know, I just well, don't. Like, I just don't know, like two of them. I just don't like two. You just of them. maybe don't respect. You know, uh, you know, I just don't like two of the movies. Okay. Um, I, but, I like I get not liking the first, but the second one is like really good because the first one everyone was like, but we're not. Hold was, on, we're getting in the weeds. We're getting in the weeds. Oh hold yeah, on. okay. All right, what I'm trying to say, the point I'm trying to make. Is that her dad, right? Again, nepotism father floated yeah. on the success of uh, Sophia's virgin suicides to make a little picture called Apocalypse Now. We might have yeah. talked about it on the podcast. Um, the, the scene, like, so the way that she shoots virgin suicides, um, intercutting and, and, and editing and everything, reminded me a lot of a pop, like the opening scene in Apocalypse Now mm. with the bombs going off, like the, the napalm going off and like the choppers and, and him yeah. like intercutting his face and like him being drunk in the hotel room and this like fury that he has and the voiceover and everything. Like, so we get like, you know, Francis Ford Coppola does this in, in Apocalypse Now. And I think Sophia Coppola does it, you know, for the female experience. And like, you know, you see shots of trees in the meadows and like, you uh, like over, over, like, you know, edited in is like, um, Kirsten Dunst's, you know, face and her smile and her laughing and then her like ennui and and all this thing. So like yeah. I think um, I think like I, I, I this is all, like probably a dumb comparison, I guess, but like it's the it's my dumb comparison, right? Um, I, I really do think that like Virgin Suicides is her apocalypse. Now I I, I think like it mm-hmm. takes a very specific experience and kind of like portrays it incredibly well yeah i could see that um but yeah i i think <laughs> I, I don't know I, I maybe i'm maybe i'm uh you know too uh too too good on this movie but i i think this is probably my favorite coppola movie bar none of any of the coppola <laughs> well I, I mean like again i you definitely need to watch lost in translation um that's the only one. It's somewhere is really good too. The one she did with Steven Dorff. I like the yeah. bling ring. I like all her movies. I mean, like I don't know. I'm whatever. Stan. She's good, dude. She's she's incredible. She's an incredible yeah. director. Sure. It's well, very, very upsetting when I learn that the thing that she's doing right now is a TV movie. Yeah, it's pretty. Like, pretty bleak. If, yeah, I mean, if you wanted to know how fucked up things are, it's like... Well, also, what's really fucked up, though, like, and, and you know, again, it's getting a little off track, but, like, you know, um, is that, like, 
I mean, Francis Ford Coppola can't get fucking funding for, he yeah. couldn't get funding for Megalopolis. He had to fund, fund it himself. Right. But then, then they fund this fucking Godfather series about like the making of the Godfather. You know, it's like, so it's it's drama- no one like, no one likes it. This dramatization of like them making the Godfather, but for, for fuck's sake, you can't fund like the guy who made the Godfather's next movie. You're like, like no investors are going to fund that. Like that's re- absolutely ridiculous. Same thing with like, like Sophia, dude. Like she makes like again one of the best um, movies of like of the fe- like of the female experience. You know, like yeah, like an incredible perfect film, and you can't fund her fucking movie. Well, yeah, I mean, like, look if if hi- let's say hypothetically. You're a person who in 2022 wants to be a filmmaker. You look at the landscape. Like you said, Sofia Coppola can't get can't get a movie made. Um Paul Thomas Anderson I, I this wasn't like highly publicized, but like after COVID like basically like the f- COVID factor like raised the production budget a lot because they had to factor in testing and stuff. So, uh, the he, he, they like the company that was making licorice pizza sold it to another company because they they like couldn't make it. Like even he doesn't have like Paul Thomas Anderson can't just get you know like even he has kind of a hard time making movies getting made. So it's like well fuck if these people can't get movies made, what the f- hope do I have? You know, it's very bleak. It's very depressing. It's very like fucked up because it's like. You see the people you love who are like so, like I'm sure she can make like the the most amazing like I'm just gonna pitch it Sophia Coppola vampire movie like that would just be great I don't even know what it would be like but I just, it just sounds amazing but like you know I don't know maybe she doesn't want to work maybe she has money but like it doesn't seem like you know like I said it seems like a lot of people that we love have a hard time getting movies made so well that's what I said about John Carpenter you know last week yeah. is that like he 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 was talking about how he has this, he had the script. And he was like trying to make for the longest time and he gave up. And I'm like, at what fucking planet do we live on that John Carpenter can't find? He and he didn't want like anything. Like he was just like, give me a couple million, I'll make this shit. Yeah. You know? Like he didn't want anything. And they were just like, no, nah, we're too busy making fucking Moon Knight, fucking Hawkeye Five. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, no, Sorry. it's very fucked up. It's very depressing. Um This these movie this movie kind of like Put put us in an, like an ennui mood, you know, or very much. And well, that's no, something that, like, it sucks, dude. It sucks because, like, on, I'll just say it. I wish I could make movies like this, but we literally don't live in a world where you can get movies like this made. Like, you literally cannot make this movie. Like, if you made this movie, it would have to be like a fucking true crime, murder mystery, a part, fucking HBO. You know, I, I'm sure in five years they're gonna adapt the original novel as like an eight part HBO miniseries and it'll be fucking bullshit and it'll be, su- it'll suck. Cause it'll do all the things that we said that we said this movie didn't do, which made it great. Like it's, it's just, it just sucks, dude. Like, like whatever. I mean, maybe I'm coping. Maybe I'm like, Oh, you just couldn't make it. You're coping. But like, no dude, I genuinely think that like, we just don't live in a healthy environment for artists. We never really ha- have in capitalism, but like, as you said, as thing be- as things become more hyper capitalized and like overly commodified, like it's just gonna make it like it was always hard for artists to get stuff made, but now it's it's basically impossible. Yeah, but this you know final thoughts on this movie. Yeah. Um, it's incredible. It's a beautiful. It's a beautiful film. And again, like 
like you said, like there's probably people, there's probably people who would watch this movie and be like, why is this like, why, why did this movie get made? Like, you know, yeah. stuff like that, you know, which is a very depressing thought, but also like, like how can you justify this movie being made? Well, like you watch the movie, you have a deeper understanding of like, yeah, I can. Yeah, no, you never need like, yeah, you never need like, I totally get it. Like I wish, like I said, I wish every movie was like this. It's a, it's yeah, it's absolutely incredible. It's a it's a beautiful film. There's, it's beautiful performance. It's perfect. It's literally it's literally a perfect film. Like I don't understand yeah, how she I, got I, such I, good performances out of child actors either. You know, so, I remember like, seeing this like way before the podcast started. The last time I watched this movie, I remember telling someone like, "This movie is purely vibes. Like this movie is purely just like the music, the photography. Like it's all just like." a vibe and a feeling and like you either like want to fuck with it or you don't, you know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, final thoughts, same thing. This movie's amazing. Uh, I hate that. I hate that we live in a world where, um, we can't make movies like this anymore. It's really depressing. It's very fucked up. Um, it's going to be even more fucked up when we talk about our next movie, which uh, <laughs> definitely would never get made today. Uh, you know, again, like, whatever. I don't know. Look, look, here's the thing. We're about to take the break for the first half. Tom Hardy's in the next movie, okay? So, like, stick around, because I love Tom Hardy. I, 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 you know, I he's, 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 I love Tom Hardy. He's in, he's in Marie Antoinette. Please stay around. Rose Byrne, Jason Swartzman, one. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah, with that said, that ends the first half of the podcast, and we'll see you back on the other side. What's up, everybody? Welcome. Welcome everyone to the second half of the podcast we're talking sofia coppola today and now it's time for movie number two 2006's marie antoinette starring kirsten dunce jason Schwartzman, rose Byrne, the delectable tom hardy um these are is also in this movie uh don't google Azar Zinto, Harvey Weinstein, uh, <laughs> it's a pretty dark rabbit hole. Uh, <laughs> don't, uh, don't like, uh, suggest it. But, there's a movie, didn't see it that long ago for the first time. Um, I think it's, like, beautifully photographed. I think it's an amazing film. Um, it's, it's about a woman who, like, you know, let's be honest, in our circles is, like, easily and often vilified marie antoinette you know she was the queen of france during the french revolution she uh she ended up getting you know d her 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 like uh head was debodified you know she was put in the guillotine um she's a let them eat cake lady you know when like they they told her that the peasants were starving and didn't have bread to eat she said let them eat cake you know it's Obviously, it's apparently, like, apocryphal, and, like, she didn't actually say that, and uh, it's just a made-up thing. Um, we'll get into that, like, the truth of her versus the reality, whatever. Um, but, yeah, this film obviously takes, like, a sympathetic view on 
the character on its subject. Uh, but yeah, I love this movie. I wish I was in this movie. I like. I think if it was made ten years later, I would have had a really good chance at like being like not like having a speaking link, but like being an extra. Like, if you put me in a powdered wig, I definitely would look French. You know, um, <laughs> like that's you know. French, there's a lot of very Mediterranean, olive-skinned French people, you know? Yeah, you uh, you could have um, one of, like, seven different accents that are present during this movie. Yeah, they got a fucking, they got a bunch Which of Americans is... and English people and Italians playing, like, French people. Like, you think they wouldn't let me play a French person? Which, Excuse I have me? to Je have parle français aussi, mon frère, okay? So, like, back I off, just have right? to say... I have to say, before we get into it, that's, like, absolutely fine, and I wish people would use their regular accents in movies more, like, because most of the time, there's, like, co-productions and stuff, like, so if they do, like, a Shakespeare, like, a Jane Austen thing, and, like, there's a non like, uh, person from the United Kingdom, like, an English person, right? Yeah, they don't need to be doing a fake accent, I think. You well, know, they they should just like you should have the tacit understanding of like like a, a viewer that like I always like it's called I think it's called the universal translator. It's like even though they're speaking English, like they're not actually speaking English. Like like well, Marie Antoinette, yeah, like Kirsten well, Dunst. That's, that's from Dunst. Star Trek. That's a start. That's from Star Trek: The Next Generation. Like, yeah, I, well, it's from original Star Trek too. But like well, the thing yeah, is, like okay, but like what I was gonna say was like um. Yeah, like, you should just kind of have the understanding that, like, Marie Antoinette, the character, you know, is speaking English to us because it's in English because Kirsten Dunn speaks English. But, like... She's an American lady. Like, we all know that. We all know that. Like, these are all just American people playing French people. It's fine. It doesn't bother me at all. It doesn't bother me at all. No, I was just saying that before before we start talking about, like... Before we start talking about the film in depth, there are people who actually get bothered by that. So I just wanted to kind of get ahead of that and say that I'm just trying to use it as a way to like, like, I don't know. I could have been in this movie, you know, I just want, I wish I was in this movie so bad. I just, I want to have like a, I want to be in the costume and like, you know, uh, whatever. But I love this movie. Five stars. Uh, Just, it's beautiful. It's uh, just a guy. Like, it's just, like i love it uh like i said i know marie antoinette you know obviously like problematic like uh but you know i think a lot of like it's like you know the whole let the me kick thing is supposedly like made up so like how much do we really know about her like how much of her do we know from like her enemies you know how much of it just people trying to trash on her and i think sophia you know obviously she's literally like a princess of Hollywood royalty, like it's clear to see like how she could sympathize with this character, and you know, I mean, like I said, to most people, it's like, uh, you know, like I'm supposed to care about. But she girl. also she I mean, also criticizes her too, big time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so, think there's yeah, a big. I think, I think there's a big criticism in the film of her, um, as well oh, as a yeah. as like because I think like she's a multifaceted character, which is like what like history, like if you think about history, yeah. Marie Antoinette is not a multifaceted character. She's mm. just royalty. She's stuck up. She's very one dimensional. Yeah, exactly. She's yeah. very much a villain. Like she's very vilified in like history because like everyone's just like, oh yeah, Marie Antoinette's the let them eat cake bitch that like gets killed, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. And like 
again, something that like Sophia Coppola does that's incredible is like, well, they're vilifying her because she's foreign. She's like Austrian, yeah. like, but then also she is spending a lot of money. And it's like, well, why is she spending a lot of money? Well, it's like, well, her husband's like secretly gay or whatever, you know, like yeah, and then yeah. she can't, she's getting like all this pressure to like have children and she can't like excite him. And people are like, something's wrong with her, not with him, even though he's like, ah, not today. I'm too tired from like, yeah, hunting and everything. Yeah, this is a five star movie for me. Um, cool, man. I, yeah, I'm glad that really so that really soaks me out because like, yeah, you've never seen this before. So yeah, I'd never seen it before. Um it's, yeah, it's very it was, beautiful, right? Like the tableaus she sets up, they're very much like you can tell inspired by like Renaissance paintings or whatever. Like they're like, yeah. they have that it's whole very, like golden. It's funny because like thing. this movie also is very, um, it's a period piece, but it's very American. Oh, it's very yeah, pop. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of pop music in the in the movie. And well, it's like, a juxta- juxtaposition of like 18th century France with like 1980s pop music. And like it works so well. Like, yeah, it works great. incredibly like, it's very, well. It's very like ahead of its time as well. Like, it, that's very like a mat. Like, that's something like me and my friends would do in college. Would like take a scene from a movie and then put a song from like a different, some different song. You know, that's like very ahead of its time, kind of. Well, we kind of like it, it's also like a great thing to kind of like understand her deeper. You know, like yeah, you're kind of like okay, like I get it. She's just like she's a girl, like right. So it's like, you know, like we. You know, everyone has met, you know, girls in their life, right? So it's like, yeah, you know, I would hope so. But like, you know, it's like this thing where it's we connect with her and we go, oh, she's thrown in this like really fucking terrible situation and she's yeah. trying to make like the best of it, you know? And so like she's not completely one dimensional. But like, I think that's probably why people would have a problem with it, right? Because like, yeah the popular understanding of Marie Antoinette like throughout history, right? Like at least like the way history is taught to us is that she was like this, like almost like GI Joe esque villain, right? Like Mm. very one dimensional, like you let them eat cake. I'm going to just enjoy my sweeties, you know, which again, like Nancy, she's how she was how Nancy Pelosi is in real life. Yeah. So like, there's this thing where it's like, you know, like you said, she, it's a misquote. Like, she never said that. It comes from, like, people printing pamphlets talking about, like, I think it was, like, a Rousseau quote from, like, another queen. Not, like, French, but she's, like, some different European nation's queen. Yeah. That essentially said something. I think she was Italian or something. And she said something like, it, let them eat sweet bread, which is the same thing as, like, cake. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. costs the same amount of money. But, like, back then, which was expensive. But then people just like we go, oh, Marie Antoinette said that, and they're like, no, she didn't say that. But then, you know, history kind of codified it to be like, yeah, she said that. So this fucking Austrian woman, you know, like something about Austrian, you know, like <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't There's know. a couple of bad be- apples there. A couple of bad Austrians. Uh, yeah, they were just ruined. That's something that's so funny that I, I was. I don't remember. I was talking to like a friend about this who's like a big history buff, and he was like, "Yeah, that's kind of like how they would like justify it too." Like Germans would be like, "Oh, it's not, you know, it's not German that <laughs> that." Well, no, yeah, because it's like because they're like, "Oh, you know, if you don't, if you fail at like getting an heir, then uh, the whole state of Austria could collapse." I'm like, "Oh man, what would we do without Austria?" You know? 
yeah. Um, but yeah, it's an incredible movie. I, I like that she kind of portrays Marie Antoinette as like a complex character. Um, I think also like this is another movie that like I think this movie could have been bad if it ended not bad. Sorry, I, I take back what I like that. I'm saying like I think this movie could have been less impressive if they ended it differently too. Because like you don't see her beheading, you see her like I, I wanted to see it. I wanted to see her head falling off of her body. But you know, I'm just that's just me. You know. Well, like, I think what's great about that is like so like we were saying about like the virgin suicides, how like the yeah. girls were like filmic objects, right? So like she's essentially like. The entire movie, like, we know what's going to happen, yeah. you know, because, like, we know history, or at least Sofia Coppola hopes we know what's, you know, she, she trusts us enough to, to, to know well, that history. So, like, there's kind of, like, like, this entire time watching the movie, there's just kind of, like, uh-oh, like, we know what's going to happen. And then the ending is, like, oh, okay, like, like, they get, like, there's kind of, like, this moment of satisfaction, and then there's this moment of, like, Okay, thank goodness. And then you go, wait a minute. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I actually know what's going on. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's dramatic irony, right? Like, the audience knows more than the characters in the film. So it's like, you know, you know what's going to happen, but they don't. Um, but it adds this whole other, like, layer of subtext to what's going on. And um, Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, it's great. Like, because, like I said, I mean, just, I mean, just, you know, hear me out. Imagine the movie ends. Her head comes off, slow motion, falling into a basket. Might look be kind of cool, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think, like, it was better not to show. I, I don't know. I think that was a pretty inspired, like, decision no, to not yeah, it show obviously, it. Yeah, it obviously was. I'm just kidding. This is, this is a, this, these two movies are definitely, um, like, the film cis canon, right? Like, the, mm-hmm. the female canon. Cause, like, I know a lot of, like, people like like not not people i know in real life but like people like women who are big into films or this is very much like a in a like marie antoinette is a very essential text yeah. for like women who like perform on theater or whatever you know oh yeah no yeah it's like you know like i said it's an amazing like i don't know it's like i said it's one of those movies it's like it, she doesn't she's not afraid to be like boldly colorful or like to like be like oh i'm gonna make this look really pretty and like that's something that like maybe the opening shot too is incredible yeah no i know that yeah we know the quote right it's like that she's eating the cake (laughs) she looks at the camera (laughs) no yeah like yeah no and like yeah no i just yeah yeah no 100 percent. yeah i think like like yeah like also like it is this really great thing in the beginning where like they take her dog away right like yeah well like instantly like everyone knows how shitty that feeling is or would be right to have your dog taken away so like instantly you're like on her side right that's it it's it's a thing most people will know saves the cat like the saves the cat thing this is basically like the problem with that is that saves the cat is just one variation of like a technique like Basically, like, the technique is, like, to try to build empathy between your audience and your main character. And, like, mm-hmm. yeah, you can show them saving a cat or doing something nice, but you could also show them, um, 
being like on the wrong end of like some unjust misfortune or you can show them being really funny or you know and that and that's what this movie does it's like you know like instantly like they take your dog away and you're like oh fuck them you know like you just like you're like yeah like that sucks and so like you're kind of in her shoes from then on and you can't have anything from austria it's pretty fucked yeah, up yeah 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 you have to probably take her dog she's you. like you can have a bunch of french dogs but you can't have any of those like disgusting mongrels that were made in austria you know those pugs yeah it's really sad she cries it's very sad and you don't like and also she was like 14 you know so it's like it's a very sad like she's leave. she's she's literally being sold off like to secure this like thing and then she becomes like queen of france right and it's like also what's like great in the movie too is like so you see her spending a lot of money right but then you also like it, in the movie, it's like, oh, her her husband's like, let's help the Americans with their revolution, you know, mm. which bankrupts the French crown. Yeah. Um, and you go, oh, it's his fault. You know, like, but you're like, yeah, you're like, why the fuck with this guy? You know, but like in reality, you're like, oh, God, thank God he did, you know, like, because otherwise yeah. we would have been fucked, you know, we'd all be drinking tea and watching doctor who god what a terrible fucking existence that would be jesus well apparently um, also like i don't know if the french really helped that much i was gonna say like apparently i was like according to my history professor at the time like he was very much like well you know england really didn't give it it's all you know like they didn't, they didn't send their entire army over here because that would have been a logistical pain in the ass they weren't <laughs> like, sending their best yeah they literally were as, a, as, a, as a great man one said they're not saying yeah, they, their best. They literally weren't, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's in, this movie's incredible. It's very beautiful, you know. It's very lavish, right? Yeah, it's, it's very like pretty. It's very, like, yeah, it's like like that that like um montage when they're like just eating cakes and like fancy desserts. Oh my god, I'm drinking. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh my. Oh my god. This movie has like. I never wanted to drink champagne more than when I like God. This movie makes champagne look so fucking appetizing, dude. Like, oh my God, yeah. I, I like I like when I watched this movie, I was like, oh my God, I remember why I learned French in the first place. Because like this is like they're the cool like they work four days a week, they eat cakes and pies, they fuck the hottest chicks. Like being French is awesome. I would hundred percent like like I said, you know, too. Like I'm kind of Mediterranean looking, you know, like. The yeah. guy, the Leon, the professional, like that. If I told, like, if I told people that was my uncle, they would believe me. Like, we, like we generally, we basically were like the same color. He's probably darker than me. Um, yeah, uh, you but, know, but, sometimes but, but, like, you can. I, sometimes you can go to France, you know, and 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 meet a girl who you know speaks English and spend a day together, you know, and f- fall in love for like only one day though. <laughs> at a time, yeah. You only get to see yeah. one day at a time, yeah. But yeah, this movie is awesome. It fucking rules. It's so it's so cool. It's like very like again, yeah, like yeah. you said, this movie definitely wouldn't be made today because like it, it, they're just like a, they're like a historical period piece with a bunch of like expensive like real God, sets. That's so and, depressing, dude. That's so fucking depressing. Because like I said, this is a, this is like one of the rare movies where I was like, God, I wish I. Not only do I wish I was in that, but if it was made ten years later. If, it, if this if they made this movie in 2014, I have an outside chance of being in it. Like, I, I, I <laughs> man, I love this movie. Like, yeah, like I said, like, 
whatever he did. Oh man, you know, oh, dude, like yeah. <laughs> You can be one of the guys that's like, your majesty. <laughs> yeah, no, I could just be one. Yeah, I mean, like, whatever. You're like, you know, oh, my God, Tom Hardy's in it. You could you definitely know? be one of the guys that were holding the halberds at the beginning. They could have oh, been yeah, you. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, whatever, dude. I don't even have to have any lines. I just want it. I just wish I was in this movie so bad. Tom Hardy's in it. You know. I like maybe, how I'm also, saying, like. Maybe maybe there's a timeline where me and Tom Hardy are both in this movie and we fall in love. You know, get married. <laughs> I wouldn't be opposed to it. That would honestly be like pretty cool. Like, you know, you I know, think, do you remember? I think I'd have talked... a chance with him. Do you remember when we talked about Age of Innocence and we were yeah. like, oh, yeah, like there's part in this like upper crust of society that like rumors and everything were very yeah. much like uses currency and like yeah yeah they yeah. were treated as facts even though they weren't. Like, that's something that like in this movie very much so too is like. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the whole thing is, like, I think this entire movie is literally, like, there to kind of, like, deconstruct, like, the myth of the one-dimensional Marie Antoinette and kind of, yeah, like, yeah, show her sure. as, like, a three, three-dimensional three character. But also, like, at the same time, it's, like, okay, well, like, this is a movie about how, like, um, this myth could literally, like, be so destructive that, like, generations of generations later, like, we still build, yeah. <laughs> like... She's still a villain, like, in her eyes, you know? Because, like, in the movie, there's, like, parts where she's they're like, oh, like, there's something wrong with the Austrian, you know? She's kind of barren. Like, she can't have kids. Like, and the husband's, like, cl- very clearly closeted, you know? Uh, it's, like, yeah. that's, a, that's very, like, almost, like, it's subtext that's almost text, you know? And yeah, yeah. Um, there's a part in it where she, like, shows favor to, like, this soldier, you know? And everyone's like, oh, she's cheating on her husband with the soldier. We all know it. I believe you know, it's, it's Amy Dornan from Fifty Shades of Grey. Probably. I, I'm not sure who that was. But I was like, oh, yeah, like, that's very much like, you know, again, like, the rumors could destroy, like, everything. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, how much, like, that, again, how much the movie is, is um, rumors are so, like, and myths are so destructive that they can ruin this like girl's life centuries later and like that's something too that like the pop music and like kind of like contextualizing it very much is like a it's a thing that constantly happens and again i think like it's a very female like gendered thing too because like men you know spread gossip and everything too but like very rarely does gossip and like rumors kind of ruin like men's entire life, you know? Because they could like fight to the death or whatever at this you time. Know, I mean, like, there's plenty of guys who've been accused of being fucking pe- like OJ's still got a Twitter, you know? Like, <laughs> you can get away with a lot being a guy, basically. Yeah, for sure. But like, yeah, and that's what I'm saying is like, yeah. you know, if you're the most famous, like, like girl or whatever then like rumors are like kind of a death knell for you yeah no you yeah it's, it's, it's definitely like yeah no it's like you said it's currency it's like it's the only way like uh it's the only way that some people had power you know like was just mm-hmm. like spreading rumors you know and it's like i don't know uh um, it also shows like how ridiculous like the french court is like as a because like she comes yeah. into this world like expected to like you know a lot of things she's expected to like 
sire and heir, right? She's expected to like know all the customs and like the scene that kind of like highlights like, Oh, this is a thing that was bound to fail regardless of like her, you know, <laughs> like, she, yeah, like yeah, her, yeah. her buying cakes and like buying champagne and stuff and spending a lot of money didn't like cause French society to crumble. It was like kind of a gradual buildup of like, well, there's a bread shortage and like, you know, people can't afford to eat because like, we're sending so much money to like the, like like the French people are sending so much money to like fund the uh, war in America, but also like the the ridiculousness of like every time a higher ranking person comes into your chamber, yeah. they have to dress you. It's like ridiculous. Yeah, I know. It's like yeah, I know. It's just so yeah. It's definitely like the ridiculousness or you know yeah, like that whole process and like that you know just their way of being i mean of course like if, if you're an american you're like oh like it's crazy that americans aren't like i love france right because like we literally wouldn't be a country without france you know like yeah for multiple well, reasons, french right? people hate americans and americans hate french people it's kind of you know but it's pretty... insane because you know it's literally insane right because like okay america basically English is like half German, half French. We don't have shit in common with the Germans. Germans are like, you know, efficient, like, you know, like they're we the the, the American mindset and the German mindset could not be farther apart. However, you know, the Americans we certainly have a liber, libertine streak in us, you know, like I think like we're I think Americans hate French because we're so like like again, like they work forty hour weeks, like or not thirty hour weeks, whatever, you know, like like now the general sure. perception of like French like French people think Americans are fat and lazy and like Americans think French people are the most lazy motherfuckers that have ever existed. The most pretentious lazy motherfuckers that have no, ever existed. No, I I know this, but I'm saying that they're both we're both hundred percent wrong. Like we could yeah, not be yeah. more wrong, and like we're also it's also but also very... like when when because like a lot of people will vacation in France and like I've never been to France myself, but like my roommate has been to France and she's like that's yeah. the worst place in the world, and I'm like why? And she's like the people are assholes, and like I think it literally is like there's like a genuine like animosity like no, French I, and I, Americans. I, no, people say that shit about New York too, and they were always you know nice to me. I I. I you know, I found it. I found New. I find New York to be a place where like people are willing to meet people. I don't know. I, I like. Well, I she's 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 very she's very well. Tra I don't know. I've never traveled there myself, so it could yeah. be different. But like, she's very well traveled. She's been all over the world, and she's like, yeah, French people are assholes. So I think that's also like maybe the French people she met has been assholes. Maybe there's like a bunch of great French. There's pro obviously you're painting with wide brushes, you know. I know. I I, I mean, you know, man. I don't know. Because I feel like, you know, prob there's probably a lot of people who would come here and say that we're dickheads to them, you know? They like, always do, yeah. That, that's the thing is, like, I, I think that's just, like, you meet... And certain... we we know we're not that... Like, we, like we're like we we're not unfriendly people at all. It's just, like, yeah, I think there's just a genuine, like... A lot of people are... Well, like, because, you know, remember in, like, um, the Before Trilogy... Like Ethan Hawke's always like, yeah, the the one crazy thing about Europe is like the service is awful, right? Because it's like a different like 
because like workers don't hurry and like at the beck and call of their masters like they do in america yeah, right yeah and like servers are paid like a living wage and it's not like they like they don't get tips you know like like tipping in mm-hmm. in france is like kind of passe like you shouldn't do it really you know like tipping in america is like you need a tip yeah, because yeah, like yeah. they're making like you know dirt wages or whatever yeah 250 an hour yeah yeah um I just think it's different mindset. I really do. I think it's like you live in a place, you live in a different place and people are obviously going to have different like cultural values, you know? And I think like, I don't know. Anyway, that's, that's too long on that. I think, but no, no, no I, I'm, I'm listening, man. Like, you know, cause I, I think it's really interesting. Cause like I said, like you said, like it's like the thing we talk about where it's like judging people from the past through a 2022 lens. It's yeah. like, trying to see people from other cultures but like i mean i mean i don't want to speak for us but like i mean look you know romantically like uh how do i say this maybe people from our own cultures like don't maybe there's a schism right maybe not to get too conspiratorial right maybe somebody decided that they wanted to make it harder for people to have families and so they made dating in in our world in america in 2022 very fuck it up right and like maybe they purposely made it to alienate people from each other uh well i think like yeah i i i think like um just you know talking like about that it's like very much i think like i said it's a microcosm of just like hyper capitalism i think like because you see this in japan too like you know japan's like a hyper capitalist state but they're like they become they become like more and more like individualized like atomized individuals and stuff right because of capitalism so like like it's just kind of like this thing where like you know they're just not dating or having sex anymore over there basically you know, and it's very much the same thing in America. It's happening because, like, Japan's like, like the trends in Japan are very much things that happen. And I think it's just like hyper capitalist states, kind of like, yeah, yeah, you know, show that. But like, to get back on like the movie or whatever, right? I think like talking about this is pretty important because like, Cop- like Sofia Coppola does this thing where like she can like show this like almost timelessness of like these par- these issues, right? Yeah, we're like. She's not just like looking back from like a lens, like she's not judging like in 2006, she wasn't judging like Marie Antoinette through a 2006 lens. And she was like kind of filtering her through a 2006 lens, but it was to show that like this thing that happened back like then, you know, is happening now. It it was to make her more relatable. Yeah, for sure. And it's like, it's not like, you know, because, like, we see the ridiculousness of the fringe customs, right? And we're like, this is ridiculous. But at the time, like, obviously, it wasn't ridiculous. But you can see, because, yeah. like, we have the benefit of hindsight. We can see all the writing on the wall. You know, and that's yeah. why I was saying, like, the greatness of, like, the movie itself is, like, you know, it's demystifying, like, this mm. figure. And it's kind of, like, showing, like, okay, well, like, she was also a puppet in this, like yeah you know this system right that kind of like yeah, yeah yeah generated all this unrest and it's like very skillfully done where sophia coppola is not showing the unrest until the very end when it's literally on their front doorsteps and that's kind mm-hmm. of like how history happens where like 
you know, it, it, we can see in hindsight that, oh, all this stuff would lead to this, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, they didn't know, like, when the king is sending aid to America, he doesn't know that he's creating a, a, a burden on the, on the French crown and the, the people of France by increasing taxes and them not being able to afford yeah. food, you know? Like, he didn't know that that would lead to revolution, but it did. Like, we can see yeah. it now, but, like... And we see it in the movie, too. And I think that's, like, very skillfully dumb. We don't see anybody, like, protesting outside. Like, if this movie were done by anyone, like, less masterful, we would see, like, protesters in the street being, like, yeah, like, yeah, you know, like, the French crown is, like, and Marie Antoinette spending all this money and, like, the, you know, it's a terrible time and, like, we need to do something about it. And then there would be, like, a scene of all the mob, like, angry mobs getting together and then yeah, them yeah, marching... Yeah them marching on you know the the palace right but like sophia coppola doesn't show literally any of that they there's a scene where they're all hanging out and you hear about the bread shortage and uh marie antoinette says well like don't don't have diamond makers send diamonds like send them like help the people out like surely the king can do something and then he's like your majesty i think like I think like we need to like leave. And then he's like, Oh, I'm not going to abandon this place. And then there's that scene where the, they come and they're like, yeah, the mobs made it, you know, <laughs> like they're here. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you, again, you don't see the mob until like Marie Antoinette like goes outside and like looks and the mob are like at her front gates, which is like how it happens. You know, you don't see the mob yeah. coming until the mob's there. Yeah, no. Yeah. Like, yeah, 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 it's, that's a great point. And like you said, like, definitely humanizes her. Like I said, I don't think that's, like, a bad thing. I think there are a lot of people who would be like, why are you trying to humanize Marie Antoinette? It's like, oh, no, no, like, you know. Well, having, like, like, she like wasn't humanizing. Because like, it, it, it's, it's the thing of, like, where it's, like, we're viewing them from 2022 brain. So it's, like, we don't realize, like, these people, like, we're, we always have this like thing where like we know our leaders want to be leaders so like we know like they, they we know they're egomaniacs because we know they want this but it's like for people who were like forced into that you know she really didn't choose it you know so it's like yeah. for her to be forced into that it's like again it's like it's it's hard for us to conceptualize nowadays you know yeah she didn't meet her husband until they had her married off to him you know like she literally had to leave her home country. It's exactly like, it's it's a completely different world. And like I said, it's like I think Sophia does a good job of like at at this like at, on one hand like making her relatable in like a modern sense, but at the same time like not judging her by like our modern day sensibilities. Yeah, for sure. I, I think like that 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 lack of judgment there you know, is a very good thing because like, you know, like, like we said, Marie Antoinette, like, like people are, you know, people could be like, Oh, she was a queen. Right. Like, obviously yeah. she was culpable. And like, you know, like I think as like a social, you know, as like socialists or communists or whatever you want to say, like for me, you know, like as a Marxist, right. You, you kind of go, well, like, you know, like you don't want to defend her, like the crown from yeah, like, yeah. people. Right. Cause like the people were suffering and like, you know, whatever, whatever, but also, like, she was in a fucking terrible situation, because, like, she didn't choose, she didn't choose that, you know? Yeah, and also, like, so much of what we know about her is, like, again, like we said, like, made up from her enemies, you know? It's, like, secondhand, it's, like, people, like, trying to trash her name, you know? 
Yeah, for sure. But um, yeah, I think for all those reasons, it's like my final thoughts on the movie are just like, yeah, it's a it's another um, banger from Sofia Coppola. Five out of five. Again, like it's very much like, I, and I think also it's like a very much meta. I think it's yeah, very yeah. canonized as a film like cis movie, which um, I don't even know if that's a thing. But like, I think it's very much canonized just as a good movie. Yeah, because like. It does. It has like a very female voice, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this this is one where the movie is narrated um, by Marie Antoinette. Like she doesn't narrate it, but like we see her perspective the entire it's, time. It's, yeah, it's from her POV. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's incredible that way. I think like also like I said, the beginning is great because like that's incredible. Like that, that. I mean, like I literally was like, this isn't. That's a great shot where she's like lounging and like mm-hmm. there's like, a, like an attendant there and she like takes a thing of cake and like eats the icing you know this like elaborate like probably yeah. couple thousand dollar cake you know and she's mm-hmm. the icing and it's like she kind of does this like oh like this little like oh like snooty yeah. look and then there's that scene where th- she's reading the tabloid and they're like let she's like let them eat cake you know and she's like she says it like kirsten dunn says it and she looks like evil in that moment you know yeah and then it's like she's she's like reading it and she's like i would never say that you know Mm. i think that's a that's an incredible thing and i I think again it like speak it just speaks to uh it just speaks to that like the rumor and the myth surrounding marie antoinette is like ultimately what villainized her and she was like a complex person in a very complex situation that like truly none of us could understand yeah you know she's so easy to like blame and it's like you know like again like you know, if we are viewing her from a 2022 lens, then we have to accept that, like, you know, this wasn't, you know, she was not a person who had agency fully, you know, like, she was not someone who lived in our modern world. She didn't have, like, she wasn't like Marie Antoinette, even her in her time, you know, like, she was like, she was like the king's wife, you know what I mean? Like, she was not, like, yeah, absolutely. She was marginalized in her time, even even though she was the queen. Like, I mean, whatever. I mean, you know, like she I was mean, for, she was foreign. She was foreign born, and she was very much like, you know, like I she said, say she was... marginalized. I would say like ostracized, I guess, because it's so like like again, like because she was like royalty. She was like from very. She was from like a high bloodline, but like she still like did face obstacles. You know, like she wasn't accepted. Like. To to the Austrians, she was like royalty, but to the French, she was like an outsider, you know. Yeah, for sure, she was a barren outsider, you know. Yeah, she couldn't even get, and like the, you know, she was fourteen when she got married off too. Like that's something yeah. that like it, the movie doesn't touch on. It never never talks about her age, but she really like literally that birthday party scene. She's eighteen. Yeah. So you know, it's very much like if you were eighteen. It was your 18th birthday and like you were getting blamed for all this stuff and in this like foreign court and had no allies literally. And like your husband was, you know, again, like a, like a closeted gay man that like blames you for like not, you know, not having kids. Yeah. It'd take a toll, I think. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. And I, yeah, like it's very, like I said, yeah, it's very cool. It's like, you know, I don't know, like, it's crazy that like you should be able to do this you should be able to like be like hey you know what like i'll make a movie uh and it'll be like 
it'll kind of give us a different perspective and try to teach us things. Um, yeah. There's also none that, of the, there's none of the, um, this is a good biopic too, because there's none of the biopic like tendencies. I, okay. So like, this is what I always joke about this, but like, I'm kind of serious and I'm kind of not like, I love watching yeah. biopics. They're like, I think most biopics are terrible. I really do. Even like the really good ones are terrible because they all do. I call it like, it kind of solidified in my mind, like watching Richard Jewell or not Richard yeah. Jewell. Sorry. Um, watching, um, Oh my God. King Richard. Um, you know, about, um, Richard Williams, the Serena yeah, yeah, yeah. Venus Williams biopic. So like in that movie, like there's always, and they joke about it walk hard. There's always the, uh, um, scene in a biopic where they're like, um, like in, in King Richard, it's like, oh, well, like Serena's sad. And she's like, well, you, you know, you're like showing all your time to Venus. Right. And he's like, well, like I'm making Venus like the best, you know, in this tournament or whatever. Right. He's like, but I'm like making you the best there ever was. It's like, yeah. he'd never said that. Like, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, the hindsight's twenty twenty on that one, you know, like big time. A, yeah, I know this. I mean, he would have. He would be like the door, Oracle of Delphi. There's no part in Marie Antoinette where they're like, "Hey, you know this this new invention that they're making called the guillotine." It will yeah. look to the camera thing, you know. They're like, "Yo, yeah." It's just <laughs> that's that would be like a very like like a Wayne's Brothers movie where like there's a group of French people just gathered around like blueprints for uh like a guillotine and they're just like oh fuck they're like like a monty python skit or something yeah i know exactly they're just like ah what the fuck they're like what do we do like like like, richard guillotine like comes yeah comes and visits the castle and they're like oh yeah like get out of here richard guillotine the royalty hates you (laughs) you know and he's like oh you know gets but then like as soon as he leaves everyone's like but he's got a point you know like yeah yeah no it's really yeah that that's what I'm saying is like Marie Antoinette like doesn't ever delve into the biopic like yeah this yeah, is yeah gonna happen. There's some nods to there's some not like I said that like but I, they're very clever like like again I think the entire thing is like kind of demythologizing Marie Antoinette you know yeah for, so. yeah for sure which what all biopics like like again I think like most biopics are bad um, in fact almost all of them are bad but like I enjoy watching them. Um, it's like the RBG biopic, like very much was like, like I can't do, I can't be a, a woman lawyer, you know. I I'm, can't I'm, believe I, you like that's it, like because I saw <laughs> the trailer for that, right? Like, like I get it, dude. Like that, I really respect you, but like at the same time, like you know, when she, I, I literally all I remember from the trailer is this woman in like sixties makeup being like, I disagree with the call of that woman. I don't, you know, I just like she just felt like, oh my god. Like, here, here's one that you've you've probably seen: the theory of everything, right? No, no, no. Oh, okay. So, like in the theory of everything, there's very much like a you'll never walk or do anything again. He's just like, well, yeah. I'll, I'll put my mind to it, you know, like yeah. very much, <laughs> very much that. like a. It, they're all like that, dude. 
again, biopics are terrible, but I, I really enjoy like even the RBG one. Like I, I really liked watching it. It's God, they're terrible. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, dude. Like you know how most people will like. No, you're insane. They're That's really fine. No, I get it. Like I'm, I'm psycho. Like I'm, I'm fucked up in my own way. You know, like you know. You know me, how I some like... people are like, I need to watch like a grindhouse, like terrible. Yeah, like, exactly. That's what I'm talking like about. Like '80s. Yeah. 80s movie with a girl with an eye patch and an AK-47 like killing yeah. you know drug dealers or whatever. My like, favorite movie, yeah. It's the same thing, that, yeah. I'm that way, but with like biopics, like they're yeah. all bad. And I'm just it's like so fucking funny, yeah. <laughs> but I, and again, I also say this too. I never seek them out either. Like I'm just always kind of like like mm. they just find me. Like I'll just like I'll be like oh time to watch like Patty Hearst. You know, like I'm watching Paul Schrader like filmography. I'm like time to watch like patty hearst yeah. biopic you know <laughs> i swear i'll never join your group <laughs> you know like i was oh, terrified yeah, yeah, yeah. joins a group yeah of course um i would do but yeah marie Antoinette doesn't 100%. do that would, would you though like just in her prime like i i would i would have i would have dated patty hearst for sure i just oh like real life patty hearst yeah Oh, I thought you were talking about the actress who played her. I was like, hell yeah, I don't I don't remember her name, but she's in Comfort of Strangers and she's like no, incredible. But the real that, life, that movie's like, awesome. I would have been like, oh that's cool. I was like I would have been like, that's cool. Like <laughs> Yeah. You, we do need to overthrow capitalism. Yeah. I'd be like, yeah, no, actually, you're making a lot of good points right now, actually. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Funny. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> Uh, like you know, you know, Patty Hearst, you're making a lot of good points. I don't give a fuck that your grandfather was fucking Citizen Kane or whatever, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I for, I forgive you. Um, <laughs> but you, yeah, you know, like you know me, dude. I have a I have a soft spot for like uh conservative white women who come for money and are very racist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bad. You know, that's just that's just something that that's just that's my your. Spot. That's your watching biopics is conservative. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Oh, <laughs> uh, <coughs> um, try not to laugh. That's so funny, dude. Uh, um, yeah. Anyway, like, just final thoughts mm. on on Marie Antoinette. Just yeah, it it doesn't do any of the biopic things. Is what I'm what I was saying. It's, it's, it's very much yeah. It's, what, it's yeah. very much against it, like again like biopics are all about like mythologizing uh-huh. these real life people. And like their mythology is hinted at because the audience knows while they're watching the biopic that like this yeah. is the thing that's going to happen, right? So like the entire time, it's like it's literally Easter eggs for like real life, you know? It's like the Marvel yeah. cameos, but in real life, and like um, all of that's in service to build like this myth around these people, and. Marie Antoinette is like the like I guess it's like the anti biopic because it really does it really does deconstruct that so. Oh yeah, for sure. No, I totally agree. Um, yeah. So uh, with that, you know, like we said, uh, watch all of Sofia Coppola's movies. She's amazing. Um, Incredible. Yeah, she's a she's a. A lot of people say she's the best Coppola. A lot of people would say that. Yeah, I know I heard, yeah, whatever. You know, so her dad kind of made. He made a couple movies. good ones. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. I mean, but. I mean, you know, his movies don't speak to me the same way hers does. Like, she comes from. Like, like I said, like, she comes from a world that I. 
can comprehend, you know? Yeah, she's closer in age too. I think that's a big that's a big yeah, yeah, yeah. factor. I think she has like such good filmmaking chops that like she's like almost like she, a she's she's Gen X. I'm a millennial, so I don't want people to like you know. Right? Yeah, I know she's. Much. I don't. I don't want people to make me older than I am. Right? How old is she? I got she... carded this week, dude. That's insane, right? I've been carded multiple times recently. But dude, I I'm. Se- I'm older than you, and I got carded. You're not way older than me, but yeah, she's a uh, 51. Wow, she's a yeah. very good-looking 51-year-old. If I look that good at 51, then, you know, yeah. But yeah, she's she's awesome. She rules. Also, um, one of the things about both these movies is uh, Kirsten Dunst is is uh, is great in both oh, these yeah. movies. No, she's brilliant. She's like she should be held up there, like. You know the way people I think talk about an Jake incredible I think like she got a lot of yeah. heat because like she is almost like the like I'm not trying to sound you know kind of like hyperbolic or whatever, but I feel like she might be like the female like 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 female version of like Leo, like Leonardo DiCaprio, right? Because like I, and I know some people don't like him, but like yeah, one of the one of the criticisms of Leo is that he plays himself in every movie. You know, yeah. he's yeah. like very much like not you know he's th- yeah. like they're not gary oldman you know it's not like they're transforming for each role or whatever yeah, but yeah, like yeah. he's genuinely good in movies and like i think the same thing can be said for kirsten dunn like she's very oh, yeah she's great in most movies that i've seen her in like every time she shows up i'm like oh yeah small soldier spider-man like that's yeah yeah i know she's amazing yeah she's like interview with the vampire she might be like like I, I like her i like kristen stewart i like amy adams those are definitely like my top three favorite actresses i'd say yeah she rules yeah, yeah she's awesome she's great she also used to like smoke a lot of weed and like party and like she seems like i 100 percent. if i was her age i feel like i would have like we would have been at least friends you know like she's yeah cool. like she seems like yeah yeah she goes she goes pretty hard um uh, She's cool. We love Kirsten Dunst. Um, Jesse Plemons, fuck you. You, <laughs> you know, sucking piece of shit. Fuck you for <laughs> taking her from us. Um, I, yeah. you know, you're not even that good looking. I'm, be- I'm better looking than, I'm better looking than him, dude. Oh, <laughs> like, it drives We're me crazy. You're pissed that dude. she's not your girlfriend, dude. Yeah, no, I shouldn't get. But so mad, dude. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm doing, I'm doing the meme. I'm being the meme guy. But like, I don't yeah. Know can't do that um but yeah it was you know she's she's great and and that's that's final final word on on that yeah so um with that you know anything you need to get off your chest uh no i think we need to announce the next week's Mm -hmm. movies yeah do you want to do that uh yeah let me pull it up real quick (laughs) so yeah i don't know (laughs) we are having we're having a guest, um, our friend Berger from a group chat, Berger Enjoyer. He's going to um, show up. IRL friend. Um, he's cool. Mm-hmm. Me and him go see movies a lot. Cool. And, um, yeah, so he's got a cool double feature. He, he tried to pick something that, like, we've never seen. And, like, he said, you know, um, when I talked to him privately about it, he's like, I'm going to try and pick something that, like, probably the listeners have never seen either. Just yeah. to kind of introduce him to new cinema. Which is always great, right? That's why we started the podcast. Yeah. So the first one, um, so we're first going to watch um, 1960s uh, Letter Never Sent. And mm-hmm. um, the second one 
is we're watching the bird people in China in 19, uh, from 1998. Um, both of these movies, um, they're, you know, they're foreign films. Um, you know, there's a couple of, uh, I think, I think, uh, one of them's on criterion and the other's a little harder to find. Um, yeah, we have a link, you know, like if you, if you have to go to like extra legal, like, you know, like things to like get a film, like the movie should just be available, right? Like that's, yeah, for sure. Like. Fuck you for not making it available. You know, I'll do what I want to see this movie. If you're not gonna, the, if you're not gonna make it legal, legally available to me, I'll do whatever I want. Fuck you. You know. Yeah. So the Bird People in China is a Takashi Miike film, um, and then mm. Letter Never Sent is directed by Mikhail Kalatozov. Takashi um, Miike is very interesting. He, you know, he made Ichi the Killer. I have. Uh, he he's made like two hundred movies. He's like incredibly prolific. I have like a a trilogy. It's called the Black Society trilogy, but it's like a Blu-ray DVD. It's like a Blu-ray that I have um from Era Video, I think. But like it's the, it's like a trilogy of like early Takashi Miike like Chinese detective movies, but. The tech, the detectives are always really fucked up. Like they do really fucked up stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested in knowing him. I've never seen a movie from yeah. him, um, so I'm very interested in watching one because, like, yeah, like you said, he's made a fuck ton of movies, and like, mm-hmm. I'm very interested in the quality because, like, if you pump out that many movies, I don't, I don't know yeah. necessarily how good the quality is going to be. So, you know, oh no, the, yeah, the shit I've seen from him has been. You know, top notch. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So, yeah, those are our two films. Um, we're finally having a, another guest. Um, but, like, you know, like we said, if you guys want to be guests, then you can join the group chat and you can come on the pod. So, yeah, just message us, you know, we're like, we're just normal guys. Like, we're not. I know we sound like superstars, but we're just regular people, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, like, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, I was, you know, we we were doing pretty good on guests, and then we kind of got hit a road bump, and like, I was pretty, I was pretty upset with it pretty early on. I don't know, I just felt like, you know, whatever. Like, we we could get on. We there's plenty of people who want to be on the pod, and like, who could you know come on and stuff. And yeah, so if you want to, just like like you said, hit us up, but uh. Other than that, yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening so much. If you've listened this far, um, yeah. Last thing, just check out Sophia Coppola. She's great. Um, she captures a very like like that's the that's the thing about like films is like you know it's very much like trying to get different perspectives. Like a good film, a good book is something that like changes you, like offers you a new a new perspective, um, makes you look at things differently. And yeah. both of these films are five stars for me because. They did. So, um, you know, they, they gave me a new perspective. So, yeah, check, check out Sophia Coppola. And, uh, yeah, if you listen this far again, we appreciate it. But we'll see you guys next week. Goodbye. See ya.